Welcome to the podcast that's dedicated to making you a faster cyclist, the Ask a Cycling Coach podcast presented by Trainer Road. I'm Coach Jonathan Lee with our head coach, Chad Timmerman. Hi, everybody. Our CEO, Nate Pearson. Hello. And once again, with a very special guest with us, John Borton from the UK, Trainer Road user and Kona qualifier. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. And so you've, uh, and for, for people that, I guess, don't know about what, how we do Kona usually, obviously we do these podcasts and then we also ride with, with different folks, especially trainer road users in the morning. And you've joined us for a few rides. It's just been a ton of fun. And your, your wife who's also here with us right now, Emma, she's also joined us every day. She's a hammer. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Stole two QOMs this morning, which is pretty awesome. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So we've had a, we've had a, some good time to pick your brain and get in all the nitty gritty details of your bike setup and everything else that you've done to qualify for Kona. And we're going to mm -hmm. go through all that now uh, because it's pretty exciting stuff. So, but first things first, uh, let's go into your numbers. Uh, that's the first thing. So you have a 330 FTP roughly, you think? Yeah, yeah, roughly. Yeah. That's cool. what I've been training out recently. <laughs> <laughs> Good, cool. And you're 78 kilograms? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Lost my weight a couple of weeks ago. Okay. 78, cool. 77. Puts you at about 4.28 watts per kilogram? Yeah, yeah. Probably. Somewhere around there. Okay, cool. How tall are you? I'm five nine and a half. <laughs> What's that in centimeters? Oh, uh, 176. Cool. Thank you. He was about to Google it. That's great. Thank you, John. You're fantastic. Um, so that gives... 172. Cool. Is that right? Pounds? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Or yeah, 78 kilograms. Yeah. So yeah. somewhere around 172. Mm -hmm. Very close. Thanks, Chad. Fantastic. You're welcome. <laughs> Let's get into some of the details. So first things first, you qualified at I am Copenhagen. I am Copenhagen. That's it. What was your time and what were your splits? Uh, it was 8.46. Fast. Yeah. Another, pretty, another pretty sub nine guy. I yeah, know, right? Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, the goal was sub nine. So yeah, to go, then the stretch goal was sub 8.50. So to get to 8.46, I pretty, don't worry, very pleased with. Yeah. Uh, so I did a 102 swim, uh, 4.44 bike, and then a uh, 250 run. That's an insane run. <laughs> Have you done a marathon open before? After a fast bike too. I've done, yeah. I've done two, two open marathons. And before. one this year, one last year. What were those times? So I, my first one last year, I did 253. And then this year, I did uh, the Boston Marathon at the beginning of the year. I did a 235. Yeah. That's crazy. Jeez. Uh, uh, do you have a running background? How did you become such a good runner? Uh, so at school, I I was cross-country athletics, but I used to play rugby. So the seasons was you played rugby, and then you did cross-country in the next term, and then you did athletics the next term, or you did cricket. And I just, I was more proficient at running, let's say that. Um, so all through school, I was doing that, but I was never at really a, an overly high level. Um, and then I took a hiatus for my first couple of years of university, and then I started to get back into it. And uh, it just sort of, it went from there, from 2010 when I started doing triathlon. But I've always been an okay runner, but I've, this year has been, the year where I've stepped it up quite quite considerably for a number of reasons. How'd you do that? Um, so I think one of the big things has been consistency. Today I've uh, I had a, a quite a specific structure about how I've gone about my workouts. I actually didn't start training for Boston until the end of January because I was injured through December and January. So mm -hmm. I think I only ran twice. Injured? Okay. Um, I had a calf injury. Um, that it, it was like a small tear, I think it was. We we're trying to work out exactly what it was, um, but it, physio sorted that out. And but for two months, I basically couldn't run at all. So I did a lot of working out on the trainer and things like that over the Christmas break, and then started back running slowly from the end of January, which gave me it was about twelve weeks leading up into Boston, and I just had the structure of you know, hard run, VO2 max, similar to how I do my cycling. So VO2 max style intervals, tempo running, and then long run, and just consistently going through that week on week, um, and then building up the distance. But said, so even with volume and distance, I didn't go up that, that high with regards to volume. What was, so are you saying you ran three times a week? Uh, yeah, so on average, I run three, four times a week. Through the dry season, I do a brick on a Saturday. So mm -hmm. that makes it four. But, but I want to dive into the Boston thing because <laughs> this is blowing people's minds. Uh, I can't be alone. Okay, so you'd run three times a week leading up to Boston. Were you doing cycling too? Yes. Yeah, so, so we did, talked about this on the ride. Yeah. What were you doing? So I did. Uh, I was going through sweet spot base, um, low volume, uh, one and two, leading through. That. I think I started actually sweet spot base back at 
after New Year's. So when I wasn't able to run, I was going through that. And then sweet spot base two leading up into Boston. So I was doing my bike training on top of the run training leading into the race. Mm. Um, and I just followed a very similar structure to what I do in my cycling, which is the same as the plans. It starts with some sort of VO2 max kind of stuff. And then there's some more sweet spot sustained efforts. And then it goes into a, you know, a longer intervals and things like that. But, and then a Sunday for me, is just a, an easy long run. And that's something that I changed this year. I used to do my long runs too hard, I think. Mm -hmm. And this year I've dialed them way back and all of a sudden I've got a little bit faster. So do you uh, <laughs> walk at all during your long runs? No, no, not really. How many miles per week were you running? So when I first came back, my first week was probably 15 and then my peak was 40, but I only That's did crazy. I only wow. did 40 twice and the rest average. I probably average around 28 to 32 miles on your, on your intense sessions. Like where's your quality, like quality where you going yeah. deep and really yeah so uh i run with a so I, I we live in london so uh when i'm about on a tuesday night there's a running group around uh battersea park which is a, a local park in in south london and uh, there's a running group that goes from there who are uh as you say they're particularly fast runners like yeah. <laughs> you've got some 216 220 marathoners whoa, there so whoa, i'm whoa, at, i'm at the, i'm at the lower the lower <laughs> slow guy. yeah i'm the guy that's getting <laughs> dropped after like <laughs> interval number two and stuff so and they go and do some serious quality so I've, I've been able to join those guys and i found that i think i only think i did like four or five of those sessions leading into boston but obviously i mean they, they helped tremendously wow that's amazing and they vary the different types of interval structure some of them is like three it's all mostly time-based it's like three minutes on and one minute off or, and then some of them are five minutes on and then there's one workout that they do is like two by 5k and the top guys are absolutely flying around it's crazy yeah and those would be your vo2 max day those yeah, that, that's a hard day yeah and yeah. then a tempo run like on the thursday friday depending on work and stuff like that and uh another workouts and things we have going on and then easy run on a sunday wow it's amazing Super impressive, right? Yeah. So you followed sweet spot base one and two, low volume, and then you went into full distance plans to get uh, to your qualifying position at, at Copenhagen, right? Yeah, so I actually emailed you now after uh, I did my Boston and because you were talking about the ramp test and when you should do the ramp test fatigue mm -hmm. and things like that. And I was saying, I can't do the ramp test right now. Like two weeks after I could barely turn the pedal yeah. still. I was really struggling. So what did I say? Uh, he's like, <laughs> yeah, obviously <laughs> you're trying to do 35 marathon. Like you're not going to be able to do the ramp <laughs> yeah. test, but it's still good to have some accumulative fatigue probably when you're just doing a bunch of cycling. But, uh, so it took me about a month to recover properly from, uh, from Boston. So I kept the, FTP the same and I just started to build back into it uh, with a little bit less structure and then went into the full distance uh, base plan. Which volume level? Low. What? <laughs> Someone in the forum asked, I said, you got to ask what plans to use and then what volume. Yeah. Uh, so full distance, low, and then what did you do? How did you tweak it? Did you follow it just stock? Did you change days? Uh, did you change the weekend rides? Right. So the, the weekday so I mainly only followed them for the for the, the rides. So we have some kickers set up at home, um, and the Tuesday, Thursday, I would typically we would typically do if we can. We try to make sure we can fit those in during the week, mm -hmm. um, and then when the weather started getting better in the UK, probably not until late June, early, and then through July and August, we'd start riding outside, and then I'd start building in some some of the longer stuff when we start getting to Ironman season. Because um, I did a half Iron Man in uh, Finland at the end of June, so you say you don't need to do too many long rides leading into that, and you can do a lot of that stuff on the trainer. So I would follow just the um, yeah, just the indoor workouts. And I think actually, when I'm thinking about it now, I think I actually did the middle distance base leading up into Finland and then I switched it over to the full distance and I was pulling the full some of the full distance workouts every now and again into the middle yeah. uh, the mid distance plan just to try and get that blend mm. is it just kind of like based on personal preference or how did you come to that decision um depending on yeah, a couple of factors so how much time I had in the day and how much time we had to, to do things and yeah say personal preference of what I felt like doing that day um what did I think that I should be really thinking about Move and where what time of the year we were in so leading up into 70.3 finland i was probably doing more of the middle distance stuff and then i mean that was into june and then i started doing a lot more of the longer distance stuff okay. maybe, maybe we've covered this and i apologize if we have but how, how long have you been in triathlon so in endurance sports really any okay so i started triathlon 2010 okay so yeah and um, before that i was I, I had an injury from when i was 17 um i was in a car accident broke my spine two places 
yeah pretty bad um and then uh didn't do any sport for like four years and then i was living in switzerland i was living with a cyclist and he was like why don't you uh give a triathlon a go and you can come come ride with me on my easy rides he was, he was like a cat one cyclist so i was like hanging on for dear life on his recovery rides uh, and then yeah i did the zurich triathlon and i've been uh, doing it ever since yeah huh what do you do for work i work for an aerospace and defense company okay cool so that is a desk job or lots of travel what's the work like yeah so i have a desk in yeah. london but i'm probably there once a fortnight okay um i'm probably away minimum two days a week max five days a week out in sites around the country around the uk got it how do you manage that with training with difficulty yeah, yeah <laughs> the, the struggle you're here yeah it's it yeah well, it's true so um there's i try to I try as best I can to get my work week to somehow fit in with some sort of training schedule. So if I need to go and fly up to the north of England, then I can try and get in an early morning workout on a Tuesday. And then I don't have to then think about doing another bike workout until I get back maybe on a Thursday or a Friday. Um, if I'm staying in a hotel, I can go and use the treadmills and I use um, uh, the Garmin watch and the interval setting on that with a stride power meter pod and uh, do uh, intervals with that, which I find really really helps with the, the running side of things mm -hmm. and just try and fit it in as best I can. And weekends are entirely yours? Weekends are ours, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. weekends okay. are ours. Yeah, we uh yeah, we haven't got we haven't got kids, so it's uh we try and fit in as much of the volume as we can. If you have to when you start thinking about Ironman and getting into that sort of stuff, yeah. What kind of volume per week were you doing leading up to both your qualifying and this race? Um so volume time-wise? Yeah. Across all? Yep. So my max time was training time was about 12 and a half hours. And I looked, I, it was average probably about eight to nine. You're making so many people jealous. <laughs> uh, that, that's, yeah. a, I think you're a good it's, example it's, though. Of, it's inspiring. Well, in your, uh, your sessions were, you, you did a lot of quality, it sounds like, and then you added on some easy long stuff. Is that mm -hmm. right? Yeah. 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 When well, I could. Yeah. And then, and I would substitute some of the, when a lot of my teammates and part of the tri club were going out and doing long rides over the the summer, I would do two hours of sweet spot intervals mm. and things like that. And you can, I'm a big proponent of that. I've been doing it been using train road since 2015. And mm. so I found that doing a lot of that sweet spot stuff, you can, you can really start ramping up and it does help a lot. My go-to Ironman workout back in 2017, when I did my last Ironman, which is Ironman Italy, um, I, barely rode outside training <laughs> leading into that because I'd been in a crash um, mm -hmm. the year before. So I just didn't want to ride outside. So I just rode inside the whole time and I could do a two hour sweet spot workout with 10 minute intervals. And that was my, my go-to like Iron, Ironman prep workout. Do you remember which workout that was? I made it myself using your old workout creator. Oh, it's still there. Before, yes. <laughs> well, so what was it like 10 minutes at what percentage? 10 minutes at uh, 85 mm -hmm. uh, with I think it was, I think it put like four minute rests at about down at 50%. I just fitted in as many as I can. I think it's like six in there. So that's very close to another one called antelope. Yeah. Oh, so it, goes, it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That go, that's seven 10 minute intervals and it goes from like 88 to 94 maybe. Yeah. It's a yeah. pretty, the top pretty of my narrow head. range. Yeah. 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 Kind yeah. of the same thing. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. Um, <clears throat> I like that work. I use antelope a lot. It's yeah. Like for an, the hour and a half one, it's like a go-to one when I'm in the off season, just over the weekend ride that's like the go-to one for me for the i have the same experience where uh long sweet sweet spot intervals i felt like i had uh, like really good endurance mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. progression i like is antelope to lack galena right peak mm -hmm. and right so peak goes up three all, by 30. People yeah you're taking notes right now just you, do the, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. do the uh plus versions of those and you can do the two hour versions of each one of those mm -hmm. and right peak ends with uh that's not even a plus version it's just three by 30 at sweet spot oh yeah but i mean yeah. you build up to that and progress and then you're it's, yeah, you get to a point yeah, where you can do three 30-minute back-to-back sweet spot intervals, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, and one of the big things I used to do with that workout is every, for that entire 10-minute interval was if I can hold my error position for that entire mm -hmm. interval, then I knew well I was on point for race day. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's good. Because if it's not in your error position, it doesn't really count. No, for you. Yeah, no. yeah, it doesn't count at all. Not really. Um, yeah, you're climbing with us in the error position. Yeah, and, and <laughs> like, climbing just yeah. as fast as us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're um, trying. At Copenhagen, <laughs> do you remember your like, bike power? Yeah, so it? Um, it was a bit below what I was aiming for. So I did a uh, 207 average and I think it was like 215 normalized. Mm -hmm. So I was aiming for 
when I did Italy, I did 245 normalized. So I was hoping to get around, and I think my FTP is roughly about the same. Um, so I was hoping around 240. Uh, but say I had a, my, my back tweaked coming off the plane going at Copenhagen. So I spent the first two days not having my bike for one, but then secondly, trying to sort out my bike, my, my, my back, because it's uh, fully spasmed on me and wow. wouldn't let me walk around for, for the yeah. first day. It was pretty, pretty bad. But you still did a 444. Yeah. We, we well, got, we, yeah, yeah, I got it there. Yeah, with what, the 207 average, yeah. What sort of course, what sort of bike course is Copenhagen? Uh, it's a rolling, so it's uh, 3,000 feet of climbing. So it's, it's, it's known for being a fast course. Okay. Yeah, so. Um, I think you went to the wind tunnel. Is that right? I did. Yeah. So what was your experience there? Why'd you go? What'd you figure out? So say 30th birthday present for my parents. I went to the Bournemouth wind tunnel in, uh, Worcestershire in the UK. Um, really good. So I just bought the bike that, um, that I've got now and had it set up and which is it's a giant Trinity. Awesome. What size? Mm, small, Popular small bike. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's a small one. Yeah. It's uh, and it's got the SRAM AXS 12 speed on it with uh, one wire from yeah it's pretty sweet it looks cool what size chain ring up front 50 and then what cassette do you have in the rear uh for this race i've got a 33 to a 10 right so that 50 that 50 30, 50 10 is pretty darn good that's a lot yeah. of, that's a lot of speed yeah comparably it's the same as a 55 11 yeah yeah wow. so but then you still have the 53 and then you don't have or 33 and you don't have the complexity of the front derailleur it, yeah and i don't have the error penalty of the front derailleur yeah yeah, yeah. So, which is say when i was in the wind tunnel that's one of the big things i said so um they i was originally set up in my old bike's position and uh that was a cda of 0.23 just maybe just over 0.23 um and we went through i think it was about 15 runs and by the end of it i was down at when, it, when I'm fully fully tucked and I've got all the all the aero kit on, um, I was down at one one nine five one nine three. And is wow. that a position you can sustain? I can't sustain it whilst putting power out. Okay, it's more of a descending position. So what okay. they what they made me do is they had my elbows pinching together, mm -hmm. uh, and that all of a sudden dropped my CDA from uh, one nine nine to one nine three one nine five. Wow. Just by bringing that together, mm -hmm. yeah. So when you're descending, you're in that position. When yeah. you're putting out power, how does your position vary? Um, from from the that one. Yeah. Uh, so I just my my elbows just spread apart a little bit more. Yeah. Um, it, everything else stays roughly the same. The head's same position. I can probably tuck my head a little bit more. Um, when I'm doing the descending position. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, hey, it, it, I've I've tried it. It's a it's. Not the most comfortable at the beginning, but it's it's getting much better. For yeah. those that don't know, that's very aerodynamically efficient. Aero. It's world class. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Nate. Yeah. <laughs> For true. those that don't understand that inside joke, you can listen to previous episodes where we or talked not. to Chris Yu at it the is. wind tunnel and and everything else. He actually said Chris Yu said that very few of the athletes that they work with, and they work with the world's best, very few of them ever yeah. get sub two. Hmm. So like, so your position is extremely optimized. What are the things that you've done? in the wind tunnel to to optimize for that to your bike to the equipment side of things right so um they moved my elbows back okay. uh, and they lift my hands up and we did a lot of positions moving the hands further further up and then forward and backwards to see how that played with the the vortex vortexes that form in front of your face basically between your hands and your face and um it's very individual apparently for everybody yeah. um some people it, it really doesn't work for some people it really does yeah. so we've i've got my hands now almost at my eye level i think uh -huh. and then um i have to that allows me to then drop my shoulders and my neck sort of just drops into a position um that i then just peer over the top of my hands that um that i've now set to and then i had to set my elbow pads uh slightly well, elbow pad, they are elbow pads for me because i've got little cups that yeah, sort of grab like, my elbows they're not just flat u-shaped cool. things mm -hmm. they actually are spots basically so that like uh they're closed around the back so mm. that his elbows basically have a stop that they can lean against. Mm -hmm. That's got to be really comfortable because I know at least I have a 40 KTT position, a UCI legal one. And as a result, the pads are actually like halfway up my forearm just to mm. be within legality. Mm -hmm. And I always kind of feel like that's unstable. It's really cool to have yeah, a bracing. It's like, it's like a horizontal trough. Almost, yeah. And, and it prevents you from it. having to, to do the whole where you twist your forearms and pull into the bars. Yeah, and then you have a ton of extra stress and contraction that you're doing that's it's just taken away something from Something you're not going to 
maintain over the course of 112 miles. What tires and wheels are so you I, running? Oh, I yeah. have some more CDA questions. Okay. So what's your CDA for if while you put out power? It's around probably 0.2. So for people who are not familiar with that, you went from 0.235 down to 0.2. That's a 35 watt improvement. Yeah. Which is crazy. That's like at speed. That's a rule of thumb. Yeah. Um, to give you an thing. example, Chad and I, when we went, we're about the same in regular racing. We're about 0.24. And then if we both, if we tuck a lot, we're uh, 0.235. So yeah, our best yeah. is your worst. Yeah, we scrapped for that little <laughs> 0.05. Yeah. yeah. And Jonathan nonsense. got down to being tucked, I think, 0.195. Yeah, 0.195. And you're 0.192. One nine, it was one nine three to one nine five, depending how tuck tuck it gets. Okay, so you guys are really like the impressive, same. very yeah. slippery. That's yeah. so it's really fast. But there's a whole bunch of equipment as well that goes into getting me to that. Can we hear ones. about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. talk Jonathan's about all talk the equipment <laughs> changes that you've done to the bike. Yeah, you can start front to back however you wish. Uh, so start with the helmet. So we tested about I think it was like five different helmets. So my original helmet. Uh, we tried was was not good. Let's say that I can't, I can't remember <laughs> okay. the exact numbers, but uh, we tried a, like, a series of them. We've now settled on one that was. It was there was two that were similar. It was the Met Drone and uh, the Cask Mistral, mm-hmm. and uh, I settled on the Cask Mistral because they were comparatively almost exactly the same. I didn't want to have the the long pointy tail, mm-hmm. um, just because as soon as you move your head even a slightest bit, you uh, you lose all of that that error the error gains that you've got. The Mistral is a little bit more forgiving. Something interesting with that too is if you have something that really does change the shape or you change your position substantially, you can almost, if you stay in position, the air can actually kind of smooth out and settles into a flow around Mm -hmm. you. And then when you change that position, the air may may take quite some time if it even ever comes back to get back into that flow again. So like, yeah, so that's that's why having a long tail, even if it does make you more aerodynamically efficient, if your head moves around at all, mm-hmm. it's chances are it's not. And which pocket is that in particular? Is it vented? Oh yeah, uh, no, yeah. The cast. it's a, it's a cast, cast, sorry. cast mistral. Yeah, it's got a it's got six vents, so three each side of the front, ever oh, so okay. slight ones. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so going from the helmet, what do, and then do you use a visor with that or yeah. glasses? Yeah, glove visor. So um, yeah, I use a visor this time around. Yeah, and then will you have what's for skin suit? Did you test that as well? Yeah, so we tested me in a couple of suits, um, and I'll be wearing on race day the the Roka. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but the Roka tri suit essentially okay. mm-hmm. with the uh, Aeroflow lines across it. Cool. And it's uh, it's pretty fast. Do you remember how much that saved you? How many watts? Um, saved me compared to. Which ever you had before. Uh, so we didn't bring my old suit with me. So we just had mm-hmm. it in there and they just said that it was a really good, it was a really aerodynamic suit. Okay. Nice. Yeah. He was just like, yeah, that's that suit must be working for you because the number <laughs> went down to, you know, pretty, pretty low. And he was like, well, the, it's either that suit or something else is going, it's going funny with you. So he was like, that suit's obviously working for you. <laughs> and that's a long or a short sleeve suit. Yeah. A short sleeve suit. Yeah. Just above my elbow. Down to the elbow. Cool. And one piece, not two piece. Yeah. It's a one piece. It's, it's a nice one because it's, um, it acts a little bit like a, a two piece because it the unzips all the way and then it starts to flap. It's like a two in one. Yeah. Yeah. Huge fan of that. Yeah. yeah so I don't really, even buy it for long distance racing. I, I don't <laughs> even buy bibs and jerseys anymore. I just get the two in one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so good. Yeah. And yeah. for, uh, for triathlons because most some of the suits they just have the zip and it's just one one whole piece mm-hmm. um the longer you go i find that they're just really uncomfortable i could be wrong i may be causing some people to get upset with this which probably probably just shouldn't say it but i'll say it anyway uh, <laughs> i think i think that roca suit is made by quare so i think it's the same ones that we have actually so um which is it, it looks exactly the same i think it is so um that's we're used to that experience where it's like unzipping the front and then not having nice. bib straps oh it's so nice yeah so much better uh what are you using going are you using gloves anything like that nope yeah super rare to see that with triathletes yep. right nope uh um, shoes shoes i've got the bont helix okay yeah with a single dial yeah so, yeah that was the um with a huge carbon like sole so super good really good um power transfer down to the pedals. I was using some the S-Works tri-vents before, which are great when you are looking for seconds in transition in Olympic distance racing. Yeah. But as soon as you get into 70.3 and Ironman distance racing, I was losing a whole yeah. bunch of yeah, efficiency through the no-heel cup and the bend and all sorts of good stuff in there. So yeah, yeah I'm a big fan of that that shoe. And it's heat molded as well, so it's really comfy. I put it on a slipper. Oh, nice. Yeah, what about nice. socks? use socks on the bike uh yeah so i'll be using just a um like an ankle sock just to uh just to get a bit of comfort because it's a long time out there 
Yeah, so, yeah, and, and it's just a, yeah, just a CEP, My, same brand as I use for running, but for running, I use a, a longer one. So what and then sort of I use calf guards as well. Oh, so yeah. are the you slide those on above? Onto I will. Your calf? Yeah, I will slide them on in transition. Normally, I will wear them. Yeah, because uh, you can wear them under the wetsuit, but you can't here. So I'll be putting them on in transition. It's and the, the Enduro <laughs> ones. Those are not for sun. I assume. No, Those they're for aerodynamics. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then definitely not for sun. No, yeah, they're for aerodynamics. So we put those on and that saved me. Pretty sure they got me five five or six watts. Ooh, that's pretty cool. Straight away. That's a lot. Wow. Yeah, well, and you get the, the faster you're going and the faster you're moving your legs, the uh, more gains you get. Really? That's what he told me. So 120 <laughs> RPM is what's recommended. 120 RPM. Yeah. You're you jogging. Yeah. Yeah. Just spinning like crazy. Torching up everything else, but yeah. Yeah. at least yeah. I'm out of calves. What about pedals? Uh, so pedals are the one thing I probably haven't optimized too much. So uh, they're the standard, not actually not the standard, they're the carbon look Kios. Oh, those are pretty aerodynamic as is, I believe. They're okay. Yeah, yeah they're pretty yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, at least. They're not the same. most. They, they gave me some advice on what to go for, for uh -huh. the most aerodynamic ones. And they would probably say between two, three watts. What do they recommend? Out of curiosity. The, uh, oh, the speed play ones. With the... The TT ones with the cover yeah, underneath, yeah. with yeah. the dimpled cover. Yeah. yeah that probably give another two or three watts. Interesting. Huh, crazy. Uh, into the bike, what big changes did you make as a result of the wind tunnel testing? Other than we talked about the, the arm position and everything else, but tires wheels anything else like that or different spots where you taped up on a cable or tweak something so i'd already done a bunch of that moving yeah. into it um so going into tunnel i already taped up a bunch of holes on the frame and on the uh, the handlebars so uh -huh. i we have they didn't specifically say to do anything like that i'd already got a pair of zip 808 nsws mm -hmm. which i'm running the rear here i'm running the front as a 404 that i've borrowed from a friend because crosswinds and kona yeah and <laughs> i've been told do not do not ride an 808 up front because that, yeah. that, that is going to be terrifying. So yeah, 404 up front, 808 at the back. Okay, perfect. What tires are you running on those? Uh, GB5000s. And do you know the width and pressure of those tires? Uh, yeah, so they're 25 mil. Uh -huh. And I'll probably run between 80 and 90 PSI. So I run relatively low compared to what most people and I think do. most traffic but not mil. road riders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, and those wheels have a slightly wider internal width, hence using the 25s, I assume. You'll see a lot of people just yeah. use 23s, but if you use a 23 on this one, it'd be pretty spread out. Yeah. yeah. And I've read some studies that say that 25s are more aerodynamic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And you can I'll usually run it. lower pressure with a bigger volume and then... And yeah. they're more comfortable as well. So sure. holding that error position, I'll take a bit of error comfort. I'll take a little bit of a penalty sure. for a little bit of uh, comfort in my yeah, shoulders and stuff like that. Yeah, because it's a long day. It's a long way. Uh, yeah. Do you remember what they said as far as... Did they tell you what the savings were with the front derailleur? Did you test that at all without or with? Uh, we couldn't test it, but he just said it's going... It, that's one of the main reasons. Like the the bike is obviously very aerodynamic, so it really is. It's like a clean setup when you look at it. It's just yeah. very optimized and and and, and yeah, yeah, all set out and taped up the hole where the the railing would go. So yeah, yes, yeah, smooth airflow oh. over it. If you actually yeah, as you it, should, I, yeah, yeah. That's it. I put a bit of electrical tape over that. Okay, that if I go one by, I'll do the same. That's it. It's Cover good. all things, right? That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Honestly, for this sort of a day. So let's get into, we went into a ton of detail on the bike. Yeah, we just dove in there. Uh, but, <laughs> We're in the uh, middle. One, one big thing though, actually, uh, we need to go over your power meter and then what sort oh, of yeah. chain setup you're running. Okay. Uh, so what power meter do you have? It's the integrated SRAM one with that uh, axis. Quark. 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 Is it a quark? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then yeah. are you doing like a wax chain or oversized pulleys, anything like no, that? No, I haven't got any of that. Yeah. Nope. What sort of chain you, lube do you use on the chain? I've got the Muckoff Ceramic C3. Okay. Which I find works works really well. Yeah. I was tempted to try and do I bought some some wax yeah. um before coming to the race and I thought about it and I'm like, I'm not I'm not gonna do that. It's way too much work. Wait, it's, it's, it's a lot of work and I'm too close to the race to really want uh, to give it a go. Oh so, yeah. Um and I might try I'll probably try it next year. So Yeah, and it's it's a whole thing, that's for sure. It's uh, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. well I've got this um it's the wend off one so it's you can uh, just oh. write, you sort of roll it on yep. and uh, uh say I, i'm too close to race day now yeah <laughs> yeah yeah wise mm -hmm. choice uh like nate was saying right in the middle of things so let's go back on nutrition to the night before okay. or i guess no, no. The building up the week of in general okay we're gonna go way back okay <laughs> okay <laughs> um how do you eat in general how do we eat in general um we're pretty healthy we try to be. <laughs> I'm just looking at my my future wife over there. Um, uh, we, we we eat pretty well. We we know what's 
the right things to eat and what's not the right things to eat. But we also have a pretty healthy balance about what we what we do eat. So uh, we don't eat too many. We don't go out and get McDonald's and Birkin. We never go and do that. Um, but we'll go out and get sourdough pizza and we'll we'll, we'll you know treat ourselves and gelato and stuff like that. Yeah, we don't. We're not counting macros and things like that. We just we know that we we train hard and so therefore we need to fuel and we need to also live as well. We're not professional athletes, so I was just in London. Darn near professional (laughs) in terms of speed. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I was just in London and sourdough pizza is huge there. It's It's everywhere and it's it's amazing, right? It's the best. Like you wouldn't think. I don't know why there is any other crust. That's it. No, it's incredible. We don't. We don't get it in the states. Roundtable had it like back in the day, and they're the only ones, and now. It's probably they not do the it same anymore. experience that yeah. what we had. <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> not, but I'm saying that was the only thing we had. What do you typically eat in a week? Do you change your diet when you come in like a week before a race like this? Do you make any changes? No, no. I try and keep things as consistent as possible. So um, my bre- the breakfast is typically around either a, a granola with your Greek yogurt and fruit or some sort of porridge, depending on how hot it is. So here it's been the Greek yogurt. Because pretty warm. <laughs> porridge is not going to be something I'm going to really go for. Um, yeah. Although probably on race day morning, I'll probably do that just to get some ca- some dense calories in there. Cool. Um, but throughout the, you know the UK, I'll typically have porridges every morning with yeah. almond butter and banana just to get mm-hmm. loaded up on a whole bunch of different macronutrients. What sort of meal will you eat the night before? Pasta. That's the go-to. Yeah. What sort of pasta and what will you put on it? Um, it's typically like a, just a regular bolognese. So I try to try to keep it as simple as possible. So um, some sort of bolognese, whether it be meatballs or just ragu or something like that, but with some with any sort of pasta. And you find that here no problem. You don't have to bring your own food or anything. I haven't. No, okay. no. I've I've thought about it a few times, mm. but I've never I've never yeah, jumped we're not, in. I'm we're not, not so I've, remote. No, I'm not going. Into, I'm not going to that level of uh, trying to control things. This is important. Um, so tomorrow. Today's Thursday. You race on Saturday. Mm-hmm. How? Where are you going to get your lunch and dinner? Because it's hard. All the athletes are mm-hmm. freaking out. What, do you have any plans around that? Uh, so we've got a, a big house with my, my whole family's out here. So we and some friends are out here. So we've got a like a big big place. So we're just going to eat there. You control it yourself. Control ourselves. That's yeah. the best. Perfect. Stay yeah. in. That's an yeah, easy yeah. way to do it. Always, yeah. always cook for yourself when you have the. And actually, throughout this entire week, I think this this lunch time was the first time we've actually eaten out properly oh. this uh, mm-hmm. this trip. So we've been pretty good around that yeah when you mentioned race morning mm-hmm. you said you'd be having oatmeal what will you be putting in there um anything uh so probably I, i'll probably go find some almond butter and banana and that's typically what i'll put in it um so it's probably like a mixture of regular rolled oats with some steel cut oats and then uh yeah just a big doll of almond butter and a big banana in there that sounds yeah. good you is the cooking time messing up when you do uh, steel rolled oats and yeah, steel roll, cut and steel cut. Just put them all together. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> just I and I cook it to the steel cut. Get a different texture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just it just blends together. I think the it's a pro yeah. tip. I'm excited. It's good. So, yeah, because the, the rolled ones do quicker. So you just Nate, do it to the. Nate steel. will be right back. He's gonna go. I know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm here. I'm like, I want to try this out. You've exactly. just changed my world. <laughs> Nate yeah, eats so. a lot of oatmeal. For those that don't know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's an exciting development. Any more oatmeal tips for him about trainer.com? Please. <laughs> <laughs> it's a news right coming up right now. It's oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that's worth saying too. You can go John Borton on forum.trainerroad.com if you look that up b-o-r-t-o-n and you'll be able to find uh, all the information that we mentioned on this podcast in between yeah in between race morning Mm -hmm. and then getting to the start will you have or i guess when the gun goes off so to speak will you have anything will you be taking in any nutrition um yeah i'll probably have a bottle with me i'll probably have a martin probably the 320 in there and i'll be sipping on that throughout the whole morning yeah um up until race start and i'm some majority of the time I would take a, a goo gel with a caffeine and just to give myself a, this is a chocolate outrage one, just yeah. has a little bit of caffeine just for the swim. Just gets me, gives me enough calories to get through the swim and then gives me enough to get through the first 10, 20 miles on the bike. Have you tried those new caffeinated gels from Martin? No, I have. I've got no. them. I haven't tried them yet. Yeah, yeah. Don't try, try them on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> try not doing that. Day of World oh, yeah. Perfect. No, no. <laughs> I'm what, not doing that. <laughs> what time will you wake up on Saturday? Probably about 4.30, 4.45. And what time's your wave start? 6.55. Okay. We have to be out of transition. I think it's 6.20. Okay. So. Huh. Okay, so getting into the swim, what's, uh, what, what? I guess, what swimsuit will you be using or will you be using one? Yeah, I've got a skin. So I've got the Roka Pro Viper X okay. skin. So it's actually, again, it's a, it's a short sleeve. So I had the choice of either sleeveless or a sleeve. 
I went for the sleeve. So, and I used it in 70.3 Worlds at Nice, and uh, which was quite nice because on the race morning, they switched it from a wetsuit to a non-wetsuit race. Wow. So I, got wow. To, so I got to try it out, which was quite nice. I was just talking to Jonathan about this. How often does that happen? Like how many times have you used that, your skin? Well, I, I bought it before Nice, just in case, because they were saying that on the margin. Um, and I was like, well, if they need it, I can try it. And I'm gonna need it in Kona anyway. Um, but it, happen, it doesn't happen too often in races. Normally you can tell, but yeah. I've been involved in a few races now really? in my huh. career that have, yeah. So it's a good thing to have then. Yeah, it's always good to have one just in case. I had one year, one year I raced, when was that? 2014, I raced in Silverman, which is the one that used to be in Henderson yeah. in, in Nevada. That's our neck of the woods. That's it. It was, I think oh, it was yeah. the last year they did it. Um, and I was living in the States at the time and I had a the TYR suit mm-hmm. um, and they told us on, race morning i said they told us the night before this it's not going to be a wetsuit swim so you know no wetsuits mm. and then race morning comes along we get on the bus and they said oh yeah it rained at lake mead overnight and now the water temperature dropped three degrees and now it's wetsuit swim <laughs> and i've only got my skin oh, <laughs> like, no. so it went the other okay. way so it, it has happened it can happen how yeah. much does your skin save uh, how much time do they say it saves I forget. It's a couple, like a, of, yeah. couple minutes. Yeah, it's a couple of minutes. So yeah, I'm I, Iron Man. It's hard to yeah, it's hard to compare. So, I did 33 in um, 33 minutes for the knee swim, and I genuinely think the course was long. And mm. I have I have I sources so to back that up. It's pretty slow. <laughs> it's a, pretty slow swim. That's yeah. it. And um, and the, out on the sea. Just the, that's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody picked up on that. You got test right now. Yeah, that's being sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. it. And uh, so, but it's I I, th- I thought it was yeah. It seemed to work pretty well. And in no way restrictive? No. Okay. So I've got because I've got the long sleeve jersey, it just goes over the top of that. Hmm. Do you have goggles that you prefer a certain type? So at the moment I'm using some arena ones. Okay. Um I've just I move around between them, Zogs, Arena, Roka. So Got it. Uh getting onto the bike. Yep. We didn't talk about the nutrition side of things. We talked about all the equipment side of things, but let's talk in oh, one equipment thing we didn't touch on, your saddle, I think. What saddle do you have on that? I have the ISM P N three point zero. How are you going to be carrying your nutrition on the bike? Um, as a bento, as a little box at the front on the uh, Trinity, just uh-huh. behind uh, that's, that's integrated in there. There's a, a space to put stuff in there, um, and so I'll be putting Cliff bars and things in there and some Cliff shop blocks. Okay, yeah. What are you planning to eat on the bike? So or how are you getting your calories? Better said. Yeah. So I'll have I've got the Mar- I'll have Martin three twenty up front. I'll have Martin three twenty at the back. So I've got a, a behind the saddle. Uh, bottle as well uh, with a pouch over it with all my spare stuff in it, all the uh, inner tube and yeah. tire levers and gas canisters and stuff all around there so which is quite nice yeah. nice and area. that's a nice area so uh, you'll have to reach well. back for that bottle right? that bottle yeah just grab behind it I can I've practiced you can, I, can, I can hold it oh no because I've got the integrated bottle up front oh integrated I have to pull I can, I can, but I've practiced reaching around and grabbing it and I can grab staying it and put it staying in the arrow position yeah, yeah it's not too good bad good for you and then the <laughs> that's good it's, yeah it is it, it took me a while that. it took me a while to, to get it right it was first sure. times first couple of times especially in that it's tight at the beginning so mm. to get it out yeah. just a couple of twists but it comes out for those who don't know, that's a pro move. Like the pros do it, and but not many age groupers yeah, can do that. It's not an easy get. So. Yeah. And, they'll, and I'll have an aero bottle. I'll have an aero bottle on the frame as well with uh, precision hydration one thousand in, just so I have a blend of calories of liquid calories and liquid electrolytes. So you'll have a nose cone store mm. water storage area that you'll be drinking from. Yep. Does that have like a straw that you yep. can basically drink from? Then you have a bottle on the back and then a bottle in the frame. Yep. What will you? You'll have precision hydration one thousand in the bottle. Yeah, in the bottle. Then what will you have in each of the other? I guess in the the one behind and then the nose Martin cone behind and what's in the both of them both of them are Martin three sixty both of them Martin three twenty yeah or three twenty yeah, there's no three sixty yeah. 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 No, yeah yeah that'd be nice yeah. <laughs> just a little bit extra yeah, yeah. <laughs> just in case do you have a like a goal of how many calories per hour to eat on the bike no I've um not, nothing specific like that I just I know what sort of works and I'll eat I just make sure I'm eating cons- like consistently so every forty five minutes. To, yeah, half an hour, forty-five minutes. I make sure I'm eating something. So I'll have like, cause I'll, I'll try and eat only solid foods and then drink the Martin. So I'll have Cliff bars and I'll have the shot blocks and I'll just make sure that I try and get through those quite a bit. So I'll probably get through about maybe two or three Cliff bars and I'll probably get through a packet of shot blocks. You've got to be getting in somewhere around 100 grams of carbs an hour, I would assume. Probably over if you're yeah, taking in all that. Will you track it on Saturday and let us know? <laughs> when you're riding, just count when you're riding. Post race, I'll uh, I'll I'll let you guys know. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. When you're riding, we <laughs> live report. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just text us. <laughs> yeah, text uh, us. <laughs> go on the forum. Uh, what is your uh, power target for Saturday? 
Uh, so normalized will be 225. So I've, I've planned to go, because it's about, that's about 0.69 IF. For my, 0.68. 0.68 IF. Yep. So it's, it's they would say for the pushing the pace in an Ironman, you're, you're aiming at 0.75. Um, I'm, because of the heat here, I'm, I'm going to go a bit more conservatively. Smart. Plus it's actually, it's still more than I did in Copenhagen. So, and, yeah. I, and I had a decent run there. So I'm thinking maybe I probably wouldn't have run there if I'd hit my power target. Mm. So, and it actually worked out okay. So yeah. it's, it is that balance. You, you can probably push too hard on the bike and overstretch it and then yeah. really blow yeah, up on the run. It's the things so. you stumble onto mm. being right. committed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just the, the, all, the performance of all three disciplines are so codependent. Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, okay, are we ready to transition into the run? The run? Yeah. Cool. Shoes. What shoes will we be using? Uh, the Nike Vaporfly 4%. Ooh, the brand new ones. The disposables. <laughs> yes, apparently. That's it. <laughs> they do not last long. No, 100 miles. That's, yeah. what, that's, that's Really? That 125 is what my last ones lasted. I, I've used them from Boston onwards, and they, they bend now. So it's the There's a carbon plate in it, and it loses its spring. Mm. Um, and that's why it's so expensive. It's like, well, it's $250. But I mean, if you're only using them for like 5Ks and it's 100 miles, you get can, a lot out of them. You got a lot of 5Ks, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, marathons, like yeah. four. Clearly, it's a race shoe. It's not yeah. a training shoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I haven't, I haven't raced. I, I didn't train. In. I tried the 4% of my first pair. I tried them before Boston once. Sure. And then uh, I had a training shoe that I used throughout. And then I only tried them on a race day. Mm. And then I've only used them for racing since. What and do you use for a training shoe? Uh, I've got a few, so I use the Hoka Carbon X, which is, again has a carbon plate in it, but it's a little, it, but it's a lot cheaper than the, the Nike one. And actually, I really like that shoe. Um, I haven't tested it against each other, but I'm uh, so I don't know which is if they're the same or not. Yeah. Um, say, but I, I do run in that fair amount. I do lots of my interval work in that, um, especially if I need an extra oomph to try and get on the yep. back of some of, of the fast group. <laughs> okay. And what sort of shoe is that? High cushion, high stability? What? Uh, yeah, it's, it's got a little bit of cushioning. It's got actually got a fair amount of cushioning. Um, and it's got a fairly wide wide plate, but it has another carbon plate running through it, so it's it's fairly fast. Um, and then I use the um, the Turbo Thirty Five Pegasus is at the yeah. moment my go to training shoe. And then I have some trail shoes uh, that we use uh, to run in the trails in Richmond Park area. Do you find that the Pegasus is similar to the Four Percents that you use? Oh no 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 uh, no! They have a very different feel, but okay. it's, I think it's still it's still fast. It's a really good shoe, big fan. Interesting. So, how will you be carrying your nutrition, and what do you plan to eat on the run? Yeah. Uh, so I will have my gels because I'll, I'll I'll switch to gels for the run. I'll have them in my bag, and I'll be sticking them in my pockets uh, or and in my top. Um, because actually, when I did when I did Nice, I put them in my pockets, and they fell, and two of them fell out. I I, I, I'm not letting that happen again. <laughs> so I'm gonna make sure that they they get in somewhere. Um, and <laughs> yeah, be chasing around gels in there. What, what I might <laughs> and what I might do is actually I've got a I've got two num- number belt choices. Um, I have the no pins arrow one, which mm. is when you uh, you need to wear the belt on the bike. You can um, it basically you put the put the number into a pouch. And then it velcros to the back, so you use nice oh, and cool. narrow. Yeah, it's very nice. That's really fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but if you don't need to wear it on the bike, then you can just wear a regular one. So I have a regular one that has loops in it, which is what I did in Copenhagen. And so I put two Martin gels per loop. I had four. I think I had an extra one then in my bag that I picked up and put in the pocket. Mm. Um, and that's how I'll probably carry it. So I'm pretty sure for Kona that we don't have to wear the number belt on the bike. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably go with the uh, the looped number belt and then carry my nutrition on that just because it made it super simple in Copenhagen. And you'll be just taking in gel uh, in terms of like actual, the things you're eating. And I say that in air quotes. On the run? Yeah. yeah. So I got the Martin gels. Okay. And I find them, I use them in Boston. I use them in 70.3 Finland. I've used them in Copenhagen. I use them in um, 70.3 worlds and they, they all work. It worked really well. So no East Asian nutrition other than water and sponges. I'll take, ice. yeah, yeah. I, I, definitely ice. Sure. I've, been, I've been told definitely ice in Kona. <laughs> yeah. They'll be like scooping up the ice, shoving it in my hat, all that yeah. sort of good stuff. Sure. Um, uh, but yeah, but probably water to compensate the calories and the carbohydrates from the, uh, from the gels. Don't want to overload the stomach. And are you planning on carrying your water or just getting it from aid stations? I'm getting it from aid stations. So they're pretty frequent yeah. in Kona. So so it'll be, I can always, it's a nice thing to try and aim for. So no, I won't be, I probably won't be, I won't be carrying water. So I might grab a bottle and carry it for a bit, mm-hmm. but I won't actively choose to carry one. I are think they, it's almost one every mile, every right? Mile, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's like really a ton. Frequent. You do an Ironman <laughs> event, it's the best 
<laughs> nutrition <laughs> buffet ever. Pretty well supported. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that's mountain, bi- mountain bike races could learn a thing or yeah, two. Right. Yeah, mountain bike races that are not set up. Every There's race no is eyes. not an Ironman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every mall. If it's every mall, then I'll be, yeah, that'd be fine. It's fun. like that or 1.2. Yeah, you'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, it'd be fine. Will you be wearing anything for shade on your head, anything like that? I'll probably be wearing this hat. I'm pretty sure I'm wearing this hat. Yeah, nice. it says Trina Road on it. Yeah, yeah. it does say Trina. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Because um, it's got a nice big. It's good. I like the venting. This sort of venting. I ran in a hat very similar to this the other day. Uh, my last interval workout um, out here in Hawaii, and uh, it worked really well from the venting perspective, and mm. uh, it'll hold the ice really well. So yeah, and it you know nice big cap, so keep the sh- keep the sun off the face and. Never- off the back of the neck as well because be moving it around depending on where the sun is on the day yeah so. yeah uh will you be pacing by any sort of like like on will you be using the stride or will you be going for pace how will you work that out so i'll have the stride on mm-hmm. uh but i don't typically run to the stride i like to at the moment i'm okay. still trying to understand it that data mm-hmm. yeah i'm trying to understand how it works and uh how i can use that data moving forward so mm-hmm. i'm starting to get a feel for it so i, I sort of know what what numbers I should be sort of looking at. So I know mm-hmm. what I did in in Boston. I know what I've done at 70.3 Worlds. It didn't work in Copenhagen, which is a bit of a pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have that data because that would be really nice. Yeah. Um, but I'll be going off a pace. So I, I, I have a target for the run. Yeah, um, which is? Which is to do sub three hours Ooh. for the run. Putting it out like there, putting out there right now. That. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can do it. It's out there. You, you can do it. it. Yeah. So, yeah. How will, what, do where it. will that put you in like age group overall run split? So the, so the winning, I had to look actually. So the winning yeah. run split last year was uh, the, the overall winner who did 250. But then I don't think more than 10 people went under three hours. Ooh. That'd be exciting. Uh, so will <laughs> you be, do you have any plans on like, do you, do you plan on like walk running at any point through it? Are you anticipating that? Not planning on it. Like John, John <laughs> no. plans to walk ever. It's fast. That's it. So in Copenhagen, I only had to walk once and it was, solely just a, a suit malfunction where i had done done the zip a little bit and there was a rule that said you couldn't undo it all the way so it was flapping and so it, and it just undid itself all the way down to the bottom and i couldn't get it back up, done up when i was uh, yeah, running so i stopped at an aid station i was walking to do it back up and then i stopped to go up a drink and then i carried on again yeah. that was the only time i walked in copenhagen so you laugh about that both you guys did but hal higdon has a story that his son ran a 220 I'm marathon i'm not laughing at all but uh, based on a comment he made earlier he doesn't he's not the guy who plans to walk yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, that's what we were laughing at, yeah. Hal Higdon's son did uh, a 220 marathon where he walked all the aid stations yeah, in a marathon. I'm, I'm all for it. Those little walk breaks. That's really? per se. I'm just saying. Amazingly yeah. reinvigorating. It's, uh, yeah, and I say I used to I used to do that all the time, and it, it will probably will happen in here in Conan. Say I haven't raced here, so I don't know. This is my first time here, so I, I don't know how that heat and the humidity is going to sure. get to me on the run. So it might be that when I'm down in the energy lab, I'm pointing over in the general direction of it, mm-hmm. um, I might be walking through some of the agent just to make sure I get the ice and the water and I'm actually keeping myself cool sure. and things like that, making sure I'm getting the nutrition in. Yeah. Um, Staying cool. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. doing everything I can to try and uh, try and mitigate any of those losses and then mm-hmm. get going again. But my plan will be not to, not to walk mm-hmm. and to be, I mean, there's a great video. If you look on uh, Instagram, there's a great video of Patrick Langer running through an aid station. He's literally grabbing every the Coke bottle. And chucking he grabs it on the Coke. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's from a person's hand and then dumps it over no, his head. It's a, uh, it's, <laughs> let me describe two liter. Uh, the, uh, one of the um, volunteers was pouring it into a cup and he reaches over, grabs <laughs> the whole liter, the two liter <laughs> thing, and then Langer. drinks it and then pours it over his head. He's this dead. is like a mile from the finish or something. Yeah, two miles. He was either That's extremely disconnected hot from reality or extremely oh, disconnected. Yeah. 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 I said, but you watch the pros when they run through the A stations, they are just efficient. Like he picked one of the ones, the video I'm talking about, he had, he picked up like eight cups yep. running through just mm. bang, bang, drank one over the head, yep. drank another one over the head, like down the suit, get some ice, sponges in, Each and then and every he's time. off every time. And he was, it just, and he didn't break stride the whole way through. Mm. So Chris McCormick mm. used to do that he would go in front of everybody and get all the, the drinks just so his competitor just, behind could get none. Just clear yep. the table. <laughs> no, because they, they put Dive their arms the out. Thing. So uh, he would just knock them all out and just grab them all. Like, he didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. It worked. Yeah, he, was, he won. He was a savage That's competitor. Strategy, I mean. <laughs> yeah, he can't your competition. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. using them, right? He's pouring them on the sure. shelf and stuff. But. Using them. <laughs> oh, yeah, do yeah. That? yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so one thing that we've been asking people is... What sort of meal will you be dreaming of during the run? What's your what's your spoil yourself sort of meal? You that should you probably ask on? first. Do you have one? Because yeah, a lot of these people, that's, that's the last thing they want to think about. Is food. 
That's interesting. Yeah, no. So I my 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 go to food after a race is pizza. I, yeah, it's the go. It's, I'm a big fan of it. It's probably my favorite food. It's best food ever. Yeah, I just yeah. yeah. So we probably have it at, at least once a week, if not once a fortnight. Anyway, and oh, just a big big fan of it. Oh yeah, it's not. It won't be the same here, but it'll be <laughs> equally as good, and it will taste even better because I'll have finished the Iron Man Hawaii. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think someone should go in the forum and tell us the, where the best pizza in Kona is. Because yeah. we don't know the answer, or where yeah. any sourdough crust pizza well, that would be great. Yeah, in Kona, yeah. that's that's a big ass without, yeah. without traveling too far. Yeah, we live in Reno. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so the other thing that we want to ask is your picks for the pro men and pro women winners. Winners. Hmm. Yeah, who do you think I is think going to win? To ask this is such a good question. Pro women side. Uh, Can you give a top three for each? Give a top three. Yeah, I could give a top three. No, let's okay. do the winner. The winner, yeah, okay. and then the top. Well, do Abu do it first, second, third. Yeah, go, no, go second, three, third. two, one. <laughs> We've clearly worked this out ahead of time. <laughs> say, yeah. So uh, for the men, I'm gonna go with. Let me think. Uh, Sebi Keenley probably third. Oh, for third. Yeah, I think it's gonna it with and then Alistair Brownlee mm-hmm. and then uh, Fredano. Yeah. Oh, That's, cool! I like yeah, that. and I, I think like it will be a, I think it'll be a battle between them. How the Keenlay's run split at seventy point three worlds just so blew good. my mind. Yep, like yeah. second fastest run split on the day. That's what happens when he's not, when he's not injured. Yeah, so I think it's going to be. I'm a little bit jealous of everyone who gets to watch the race. Yeah, um, I'm going to see it coming the other way. <laughs> so yeah, I'm yeah. going to be like looking at it, like trying to figure out what's going on, right? Uh, whilst trying to keep moving forwards at the same time. Um, what about female? So on the females, I I can't see anybody beating Dana Reeve. Yeah, yeah. So hard I say to I, see that. I was the when they in Nice they split the male and the female uh, by day, so I was able to watch the female race, yeah. um, and I couldn't believe how how easily she got away from people on the bike and then how well she ran and how comfortable she looked running at that pace. Mm-hmm. Cause she did, yeah. a, I think it was a 117 or 118 on the day. It's just, it's so fast. When so. she was moving through people last year on the bike, it looked like they were doing a different, they were riding and that she was racing. Like yeah, it, it's, it's, it genuinely looks, yeah. It's pretty stark contrast. Yeah. But uh, I think Laura Phillip, who's a Kona debutant as well. Um, I think she will be in a good chance. Uh-huh. For a, for a podium, I think she she'll do really well. So and then Lucy for second, um, and then yeah, then Lucy may and then Lucy will be a, Lucy will obviously be there or thereabouts. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that'll be interesting to see. John, thank you. It's exciting it. stuff. We're uh, we'll be cheering for you on course. Everybody listening to this, you'll also be cheering for him. I'm sure. Once again, head over to forum.trainerroad.com and you'll be able to get all the information for this episode. And we'll also end up putting up a link on race day so that you can follow all these athletes. You'll see links up there. Uh, we have a 2019 Kona thread. We'll put it in there as well as the individual episodes. So people will be able to actually see this. You'll be listening to this on a Friday or thereafter. So you may even be listening to this on race day. So it's pretty exciting stuff, man. I'm excited to see how you do. And I'm shooting. It. I'll be cheering so hard. We'll be down on the run course too. We'll be cheering for you to uh, to hit your sub three goal on the marathon. Appreciate that. I'd be no, you have to. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Actually, there's just make it happen and it works out. Yeah, that's it, right? It's like what we do with power. Just make it say yeah. 400 and it all works. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon.